Okay, and welcome to the show. This upload is coming to you March 15th, 2017, and you're listening to the Post Money Plan Podcast, where we believe empowerment comes through knowledge. Today's episode will be actually a follow-on to the New Year's episode on goal setting. I have my guest, Myra, on the show with me. Welcome to the show, Myra. Thank you. So what I'm going to do is go over specific goal setting with Myra. We're going to walk through Myra's goals, and that'll allow her to share her goals with the audience. And then what we'll do is come back in six months and check in with her to see how her progress has gone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so just to touch back on what we discussed previously in terms of goal setting, I'll go over briefly the value of planning and setting goals, how to set goals, how to achieve goals, and then what goals to set. And then we'll move into discussing these with Myra. So just as a brief rehash of the goal-setting podcast that we did previously, the value of planning and setting goals is that setting goals affects your behavior, choices, effort, and persistence. It has a big impact on what you do, and it's hard to achieve something that you haven't specified. So setting goals actually helps you achieve them. And achieving goals gives you progress, feeling self-confidence, fulfillment, and even happiness. Amen. <laughs> and then when it comes to how to set goals, some of the things we'll go over with Myra today, we'll look into identifying and prioritizing what's important to her, and picking goals that have purpose, especially purpose for her specifically, setting goals that motivate and that you can find important and valuable. Because if you don't care about it or find it unimportant, it's unlikely that you'll end up putting in the effort in the long run. And then it's important to acknowledge that goals take commitment, effort, and even sacrifice. Then there's the traditional model making quote-unquote smart goals, things that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-sensitive. It's just a matter of making a plan and a strategy and executing on it. So that leads us on into how to achieve goals. And to me, a large part of that is about your mental state. And that's where it can kind of sound cheesy, but I think a lot of it has to do with having a positive can-do attitude. And, you know, being a negative Nancy doesn't really help anyone and just makes you miserable. So having a positive mindset really goes a long way. And there's a lot of psychology behind motivation and having a positive mindset. And then if you follow the previous steps on setting goals, and then you write your goals down, you print them out, post them somewhere, and check up on them routinely, that'll give you a self-accountability. So what we're doing here with Myra today is walking through her process for her specifically, and then by sharing it on this podcast, she can hold herself accountable and then come back and see where she's at in six months. Mm -hmm. And then checking back with her in six months, that's a form of follow-up, and that, again, creates that sense of accountability, and it helps you to self-regulate. So what we're also going to go over is breaking tasks into subtasks to make them easier to accomplish and give you a sense of accomplishment. Then what I want to do is cultivate a sense of urgency for you in the sense of where you feel like I must do this kind of thing. I'm all for it. And then we want to make sure that you're tracking your progress and the whole coming back in six months will be a, a part of that. And I don't want you to get frustrated with the partial progress or if, it, if it's difficult. But I also want to make sure that you don't forget to reward yourself for progress and success along the way. Be willing to adjust your goals as time goes on if you find that things are unrealistic or not challenging enough or what you think is important shifts over time. 
The last thing is just getting feedback. And so when we check back in in six months, we can just kind of look back at how things have gone and how you feel about the process. And I can give you some input as well. Okay. So when it comes to what goals to set, what I discussed before is about making both big ones and small ones. Small ones so you can feel a sense of progress, but then big ones so that you can push yourself and feel that struggle a little bit. Okay. Now, since a lot of what we deal with with the post-money plan has to do with finances, that can be a component, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a component for you. Well, if I could interject, the goal setting, your podcast about goal setting, it rocked my world because I did not realize that I was just kind of walking along just kind of aimlessly. Now, I don't want to say that I've never had a goal. I'm a grown adult. I'm getting through life, but I noticed that once I started setting financial goals, I was reaching them. And before, I didn't think these things were attainable, but for some reason, just writing something down, it was like magic because that meant that it was going to happen. It might not happen the next day or the week after that, but eventually I reached whatever I wrote down, and I think it had something to do with it was always at the forefront of my mind. I had a goal to work towards. So learning that goal setting with the money management that you helped me learn, I want to see if it translates into other areas of my life or if it's just in finances. Well, I think there's a lot of merit to that in the sense that practicing self-discipline and having a system of how you accomplish things, those skills are transferable and are useful not just in accomplishing financial goals, but also in accomplishing goals of any kind. Yeah, so this is the pre-Myra goal setting because I haven't started working towards goals yet, but that's what this is for. (laughs) And I will, and then I guess in six months we'll see how far I've come. But if it's anything like my money plan, I think it'll go great. I have big expectations. All right. I'm glad for that because it's definitely a good sign to start off with ambition because if you're going into it with a negative attitude, like I said before, then you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And if you have a negative attitude, it's a lot harder to make progress on what you want. Okay. So the first thing I'd like to do is start with a thought exercise. So what I'd like you to do is tell us if you could on the spot right now, Say your life story from the very start to where you are now, and then if you could write your future as ideally as you like, in broad strokes, what that would be like. And this is going to allow you to imagine what you hope to accomplish in the future, but also gives us a sense of where you've come from. What's the story like? This is a very hard question, Dallas. (laughs) My life story? I mean, it's not brief. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. (laughs) It's going to be a long story. But okay, if you had to tell <laughs> if you had to tell someone your whole past in one minute, what would you say? Okay, my past in one minute. Here it goes. I grew up in a suburb of Houston. I went away to college, and there was an interruption. So I took a two-year break. Then I went back to school, and during that time, I strengthened my relationship with Christ. And I graduated. I went into the nonprofit world and worked for five years. And then I decided that I needed to make money. So I went into oil and gas and entered the wonderful world of HR. And now I'm here. Okay. 
So then, again, on a high level, if you could write your future, what would it look like? The whole point of this exercise is that if you're envisioning your ideal future, then you can set goals to try to head towards that direction. Oh, my future. If I could write my future, this is what it would look like. I would continue to progress in my HR career and continue to be independent and make my money work for me. I'd like to get to a point where I don't have to enter so many contests to supplement my income. Continue to cultivate the friendships that are really important to me and just be healthy and be an encouragement to my family. So, yeah. I don't want to include marriage and kids in it because I don't know if I, for a long time, I didn't want kids. And then as I got older, I thought, okay, well, maybe I do want kids. But that's not something that I've, I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then based on that whole life story of your past and then your idealized future, we can try to set some overarching objectives based on that. And the purpose of this is to take you in a direction you want to go. Because, again, it's about having a plan, and if you have a vision of what you would like, then you can make the goals that will hopefully take you in that direction. Sounds good to me. The way I tend to think of it, the overarching objectives, as having categories, and this is how I set them for myself. You have spiritual, mental-slash-personality objectives, physical, social, and then career-financial objectives. Uh And those are the basic headings, which I then start to create goals under. So what are some main objectives? Where would you like to hone in on? Spiritual, mental, physical, social, career, or all of the above? For this podcast, I would like to hone in on a physical aspect, which I think would affect my mental aspect and spiritual aspect as well. And come on. Actually, financial aspect and social aspect. (laughs) (laughs) I think my goal, this one goal that I have, will affect every area that you mentioned. And I can explain how. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, one thing that I think takes a lot of discipline, and it's just something that I haven't focused on, is losing weight. And, you know... I'm getting older, and I guess my metabolism isn't as fast. I don't know. But one thing that I want to focus on is losing weight. And I think that could affect me mentally because it's just something that I've always struggled with. And being able to accomplish goals in that, with the help of God, I think would help build my self-esteem and encourage me and help me tackle other things that may seem impossible as well as social aspect. I think if I am limiting, if I am focusing on the school, then I have to limit the amount of times that I go out and hang out with people or change the activities that we do together. Because a lot of the time, my friends just want to go out to eat and do activities where it requires a lot of sitting. Instead, I'll go to the park with my friend or do a fitness class with my friend. So I think that wouldn't leave as much room for a lot of social activities, like parties. It would be more intentional and one-on-one, which I think would also affect my mentality because those are the relationships that are most important, the ones where you can trust people. 
And I think that it would affect me financially because I would be a better steward of my resources and not as much money would be going towards going out to eat, which can be expensive. I don't want to become indifferent to the way that I'm stewarding my money. And then spiritually, I think it'll require a lot of leaning into the Lord and helping him overcome if I feel like I don't have the strength or cravings or whatever. And then physically, hopefully I'll have more energy and be better prepared to do whatever the Lord calls me to do without being tired or whatever. Okay. So what you've moved into from the overarching objective is getting specific about a goal based on overarching objective, being the physical health, which then ties in with the mental and social and spiritual. So for you, this sounds like pretty ambitious goal because it all ties in together and sounds like it has meaning to you. Yes, it has a lot of meaning. So what we need to do is get specific about how you're going to get to where you want to go. So then we need to go about being very specific about what your goal is. You're talking about losing weight, and it sounds like that has value to you. So let's get specific about what the exact objective is. So what we want to do is set a target and a time frame. So what do you think is reasonable? I want to lose 100 pounds. By tomorrow? <laughs> um, okay. I was thinking about this, and I want to lose 24 pounds in the next year. And I want to do that because I think two pounds a month, it could be a challenge, I think. But you said that there has to be a bit of a struggle, right? So I think two pounds a month is a good goal for me. Okay. Well, there's two dynamics to that. You have a target and you have a time frame. So as long as you think that's a reasonable place that you can aim for, it's doable but also challenging, then that's something you can run with. So then are you saying when we do our six-month check-in that your target is 12 pounds? Wow. Yes, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> what is six months from now? September, yeah. Okay, so your target is 12 pounds six months from now. So when we check back in September, you'll be down 12 pounds. Okay, so now we have our specific goal for you on the weight thing. So now we want to put together some execution methodology and to-do list based on that goal to lay a clear path forward on what actions you need to take. So what are the specific habits and practices and things that you're intending to do that are going to help you achieve this goal? Um, okay, well... I want to get better sleep because physically that's really important. I want to at least get eight hours of sleep. That doesn't always happen with my social lifestyle, but it's a sacrifice I'm going to have to make, right? So I want to try to at least get eight hours of sleep, and I want to be more active. I want to at least get 8,000 steps a day. Oh, that's going to be so hard. And so actually, let's do at least 8,000 steps three times a week. And, and how are you accomplishing that? By being more active, going to the gym, spend more time walking. But is something keeping you accountable for that? My steps? Yeah. My Fitbit. Okay. And other people can see my accomplishments, so yeah. Go on. Okay, what else do I want to do? We have sleep, and I want to eat healthier, so that will... Hopefully, I'll eat more fruits and veggies, 
plus chemically processed and none of that fake food. I can keep a food journal, right? Okay. Basically, what we have for this one is you're saying you want to lose 12 pounds in six months. And the way you're going to do this is you're going to attempt to get eight hours of sleep a night. You're going to walk 8,000 steps at least three days a week. And you're going to... Going to make at least two good choices every meal. Whether that be water instead of caffeine, veggies instead of rice. Well, you know... Good is very subjective. You need something more concrete. Yeah. How about I... Okay, so I don't have a baseline for this. So how about I track my eating for a week, calorie count and everything, see what that is, and since there's 3,500 calories in a pound, how about I reduce my calorie intake by 500 calories every day, and hopefully that'll equal to eating one pound less a week. Okay. How is that specific for you, Mr. Post? I like it. <laughs> you pushed and pushed until you made me think. <laughs> Why I came to you for help. So that pretty much covers for that one. Are you willing to do a financial one? A financial goal? My only financial goal now is paying off my private student loan because I've reached all the other goals. <sighs> so in six months... I want to reduce my private student loan debt by 20%. I think I'm able to accomplish that. And I'm happy to... You mean in this in this six-month period? Yeah, in the next six months, I would like to reduce it by 20%. And I think that I'd be able to do that because when we last checked, we set goals for myself in, I think, when was that? Was it September of last year? So in six months, I've already been able to eliminate my credit card debt, live within the budget that you helped me set, and also I've been able to increase my savings to a level I have not had in the past. So I'm really glad that I'm at a place where now I can strictly focus on reducing my student loan debt, where before I wasn't at that place, I had other things that I had to tackle first. Okay. So the goal here is reduce the student loan by 20% in six months. What are the specifics in terms of the execution methodology that you're going to use to accomplish that? So all the money that I was funneling before to credit cards or savings or whatever, I'm just going to start using all of that excess from my budget to pay off my student loan. And are there any spending habit changes that you're going to have to make to be able to do that? Well, something that I have already done that has helped me pay off debt a lot quicker is just finding activities that are low cost or no cost. I've taken up a hobby where I've been able to enter a lot of contests and actually win a lot of stuff. So much so that this month I had my last paycheck, I had 250 extra dollars from my entertainment budget that I was just able to move towards paying off debt because I had just had that excess money in my budget because I didn't have to go out and spend money to have fun. That's actually a good point because not only reducing spending, but increasing income can actually help solve the financial equation a lot easier. So That's true. I learned that from you. You told me that the best way to solve my debt is by increasing my income, whether that be by making more at work or whatever. And that's really true. It has really helped. Thank you for that advice. <laughs> has that developed over time in terms of winning contests and things like that? 
Uh, yeah, it definitely has. And one thing that has also helped me lower my costs is I have a friend who likes to say that I'm a brand snob, but not paying so much attention to the not being loyal to brands has really helped me. If I can clip a coupon and save 25 cents here or doing things like that has really helped. And, you know, I've also taken up extra jobs. Like, I'm a mystery shopper, so they'll pay for things that I buy and give me some money for doing it and give me some gas money. So that's been pretty cool. So these are all things you do on the side in addition to your full-time job? Yeah. I also am part of focus groups and do research studies. You do it all. I do. My my little hashtag is every day I'm hustling because it's <laughs> really true. I really am. I want to recap that. Your six-month goal here is to reduce your private student loan by 20%, and the strategy you have to do that is by not being as concerned about the brands and things that you're buying and doing lower-cost forms of entertainment. And actually, in terms of your other goal, if you're eating out less, then that can kind of feed into spending less, too, on the, yeah. food, on the food side. I know. I'm so excited. Wait until they see the new Myra. Okay. And then on the income side of the equation, you said you're going to be participating in mystery shopping and focus groups and contest giveaways. Yes. All right. So the two goals we're going to check in with you on in six months from now are losing 12 pounds and reducing your private student loan by 20%. Sound good with you? Sounds good with me. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope you have good things to tell us in six months. I know. And... If I don't, that means because it didn't happen. <laughs> but you're not going to let that happen. No, I'm going to check in with you. Okay. All right. Well, that covers everything this time. Check back in with us in six months, and we'll do another one with Myra on a look back on how it went and any postmortems. So thanks for joining us on this episode, and you can catch us next time on another episode of the Post Money Plan podcast.